Let's turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We are going through gentle and lowly uh, on Wednesday mornings and Wednesday nights, and uh, you may be doing it some other time in your home or with a, with a group another time. Uh, and we are, we are choosing scriptures that are mentioned or focused on. Um, sometimes the focus of the author primarily is just a part of a verse. And the verse for this, this past week was John 6, 37. And um, I'm choosing the context around that to include that for our text for this morning, starting in 26. Uh, and going through um, 59. So let's stand and I'll read scripture uh, beginning with verse 26. This is God's word. This is his holy, inspired, inerrant, infallible word. Hear the word of God beginning in John 6, 26. Jesus answered and said, to, and said, truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. Therefore they said to him, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that Everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. 
Therefore the Jews were grumbling about him because he said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down out of heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread also which I will give for the life of the world, is my flesh. Please be seated. Let us pray. Father, we pray that you would open this part of Scripture to us. We thank you that many of us have been able to study a portion of it already. We pray that we would see it in context and give you all the glory for salvation. Come and live within us. Feed us. Upon yourself, may we ingest you into ourselves that we would have union, vital union with our Savior, union and communion, and that we would live to your glory. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, if you see the children's sermon helper there, uh, you'll see that there's a, a, a section out of Pilgrim's Progress, uh, the, the group that meets on Men who meet on Friday mornings uh, are going uh, stretch. We're going through Pilgrim's Progress the second time, and we're probably learning more than we did the first time. We've gotten a little more used to the language, uh, sort of King James-style language. Uh, The picture there is from Pilgrim's Progress. This is not Christian or Pilgrim actually getting into heaven. He's along the way, but he's, he's on his pilgrimage. He's on his journey. And it's a pretty good uh, picture that if you are in Christ, there is no need to be afraid that you will get to the end of your journey. So the man in the, in the door there, or what could, it could be called a port, is the porter, uh, and he gives him advice. So uh, you have Christian getting there between the lions. If you look at what it says, it says, In my dream, Christian hurried along the way toward the palace in hopes that he might get lodging there. However, before he had gone far, he entered into a very narrow passage about 220 yards long off the porter's lodge. He carefully proceeded through the restricted path, keeping his eyes alert as he went, and there he spotted two lions standing in the way. He thought, now I see the dangers that caused mistrust and timorous. That's two men. As he meets people, each one is given a name as he meets 
uh, people helping him along the way and those who hinder him. They all have names representing uh, what their impact on him is. Mistrust and timorous had turned back. So he said, now I see why they, they fled. Then I put in bold print, the lions were chained, but he couldn't see the chains that constrained the ferocious beasts. So we may find ourselves this way, and we may, we may wonder, are, am I going to make it to the end, or will the Lord cast me out before I make it all the way home? Going on with uh, that part of Pilgrim's Progress, fear filled him. And he thought about going back, but just as he did, because at that moment, watchful, uh, the porter, watchful, noticed Christian's hesitation uh, that he looked as if he might go back. The porter cried out to him, is your strength and courage so small? And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Your strength and courage, um, uh, Mark four forty. Uh, that's the quote there behind that statement. Do not be afraid of the lions, for they are chained. They're placed there to test your faith at this point on your journey. They also show clearly those who have no faith. So those who have little faith, because the faith is in the Savior, are taken, are preserved all the way to the end. But those who have no faith, if your faith, if your faith is not in Christ, if your faith is in something else... Then, then you don't have, you don't have the welcome into glory, uh, or along the journey. Uh, so stay in the middle, the porter says. You will not be harmed. Then I saw Christian go forward, though he still trembled for fear of the lions. He took care to follow the porter's directions and stayed in the middle of the path. The lions roared and snarled, but they did him no harm. He clapped his hands with joy and went on till he stood before the palace gate where the porter awaited him. We sing a song, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. Uh, Ruth and I were asked to uh, sing this song uh, to someone this past week. Love lifted me. If you have been drawn to Christ, you can know he will not cast you out. And that's the heart of the passage that we're considering today. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me. This is the picture of Peter. Uh, you have uh, in John, if you have uh, John 6 open there, if you look back, uh, you'll see John 6 starts out with the feeding of the 5,000, as that's going to be the, uh, the children's challenge for next week, Lord willing. And then you have Jesus walking on the water. Uh, and then you have. Um, what we've been reading about Jesus being the bread of life. So he goes back to goes back to the bread before that, but he walks on the water in between that. And you know how Peter walked out on the water too, asked if he could come. And as he 
went out. He was able to walk on the water, but it says he saw the wind and the waves, and so he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And I'm sure he would have done whatever grabbing he could have done, but it was the Lord who reached out his hand and saved him. And that's the picture of that song, Love Lifted Me. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. What does this passage tell us about the Lord's sending the Son, about His coming and receiving us, about our coming to Him, and about the fact that we are, if you're in Christ, you're safe. If you're not in Christ, you're in danger. Look above. If you're in Christ, you are safe. The Father in heaven sent. If you have the outline there, that's the first point. The Father in heaven sent. Verse 29 says that if you have have John 6 open, then you can go to these different verses as we move through. John 6, 29 says, God sent him. He was in heaven, and God the Father sent him to do this work, to accomplish his plan. In verse 27, it tells us that God the Father has set his seal upon God the Son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit planned this mission for Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world. In their eternal fellowship together, what we call the councils of eternity, the three persons of the Trinity entered into an agreement. Do you remember what, what, what an agreement between two or more persons is called? It's called a covenant, as many of you just said. What is a covenant, an agreement between two or more persons? The agreement or covenant before the foundation of the world, was to save you. This is, this is the plan from before the foundation of the world. To save each and every person in Christ by name. Those people upon whom the Father would place His redeeming love, for whom the The Son, in the middle of time, would suffer and die and rise again, and into whose life, once they were born, for all of us, much later than than that crucifixion, those of us who were born, then the Holy Spirit would enter us and give each one of us chosen sinners a new heart to believe and to live. John 6, 27, do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which is, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God, the Father God has set his seal. He set his seal upon Jesus, verse 27, and he sent him, verse 29, to do what? To save you, sealed covenant before the foundation of the world, an agreement of the Trinity in fellowship together to send Jesus to save you and to send the Holy Spirit to bring you to Jesus. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said, And this is the work that you believe him whom 
he, the Father, has sent. In, in sending the Son, the Father is giving his eternal Son. The Father sacrifices his Son for you. That was the plan. He really does what Abraham did not really have to do with Isaac. John 6, 32. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. Now, this word true, the term true bread sets up something that we, we talk about all the time, lots of times. You have a priest in the Old Testament, but Jesus is the real priest. You have a high priest in the Old Testament. Jesus is the true high priest. You have King David, King Solomon. You have kings in the Old Testament. Jesus is the king. These are all types. These are all shadows. These are all indications. These are all things that point forward. Prophet, priest, and king. Sacrifices, the temple, the tabernacle. All those things point forward to Jesus. And uh, in, in the Old Testament, you have manna coming down from heaven. Physical manna. Did not coming down from heaven, and it's all, it's all within the created universe, not very far you know, in terms of eternity and, and in terms of the immensity and where, where the Father is. I mean, this is just within, within the created universe. That, that manna came down, but it did come down from heaven, and it was real, it was real bread. I mean, it was real, but it was temporary. But it's, it is a picture, it is a sign of the true bread. So this is, this is setting up, we call it types back here when you see the bread coming down out of heaven. And then Jesus says, I am, I'm the real thing. I am, we call it the antitype. It, it is, it is the, the real, the true bread really coming down out of heaven. Coming down out of the very presence of God the Father to become man and live among us, be one of us, and die for us. He is the true bread out of heaven. And so he is teaching, as he did in chapter 4 with the woman at the well, in chapter 6, he is teaching uh, in an a, a interesting way, in a way that brings you into it. The woman at the well is talking about physical water, and she asks for the living water. And he says, I am the living water. You need to drink me. You go, what? Now he's saying in chapter 6, I am the true bread out of heaven. You need to eat my flesh and you need to drink my blood. And the Jews are going, what? Nicodemus in chapter 3 does the same thing. He says to Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. He says, what? This is called a mashal. It is a, it is a riddle. It is, it is saying something physically, like you must be born again, but you all understand that meeting is spiritual, right? Not go back into your mother's womb to be born again, but you have to be born again if you're going to be saved. He has to bear you again. If you're going to be saved, you have to drink of the living water. That's Jesus. If you're going to live forever, you've got to eat and drink of his body and flesh. Now, that is, we're reminded of that, of course, in the Lord's Supper. It's not saying participate in the Lord's Supper and you go to heaven. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about ingesting Jesus. 
is talking about making, bringing him into your life. So he lives within your life. So he lives with you, within you, and you live in him. This bread will be broken and distributed and brought to you for you to eat. For you to digest, is what he's saying, to the, to the end that he would be incorporated in you in a spiritual manner much more than the bread you eat and digest physically. That you will never, no never, hunger again. Your hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied, will be filled in this fallen world. And your sinful self will be satisfied in Christ who lives in you and you live in him. The Father has given the Son and has set his seal. Not only did he give, but he also draws. The Father in heaven draws. God has been operating on you. He's been changing you. God sent his Son. They called him Jesus. We can sing with Bill Gaither. He came to love, to heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. God sent his son. God sent his son. But then he also draws us. John 5, 6, 57, as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so He who eats me, he also will live because of me. Jesus lives. He lives on the earth, and the Father sent him to die for you. So you will also live. Verse 33, for the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. So how would you, a rebellious, hell-bound sinner, come to Jesus? How could you, who wanted your own way, who wanted your own freedom, could ever be drawn to the Son. God the Father doesn't just send the Son and put His seal on Him, but the Father gives you to the Son as a present. John 6, 37, All that the Father gives me will come to me. So how does the Father get you to come? The invitation is out there. Promise is open. We've heard as we began this this series of lessons, we started out at the end of Matthew, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and lowly. I am meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the invitation is out there. But, but you were dead in your trespasses and sins. How could you possibly do a 180 and go to Christ when you wanted to go your own way? Well, John 6, is it. There, there are lots of verses to underline or highlight in John 6, but if you haven't highlighted any, 644 is a really good one. What a verse. What an answer. What glory and grace and comfort and peace and assurance in a few words. No one can come to the Father unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. You hear about God in heaven. There he is, uh, so he is in heaven. 
He is transcendent up there far above us. But there's a balancing truth about him as well. He is imminent. He is Emmanuel. He's right here with us. And so God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, who met together and decided upon your salvation before the foundation of the world, now in your life draws you to himself. And the Son came down from heaven to do just that. John 6, 33. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life who comes, who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. This is the first of the great I am statements. John 6, 48, I am the bread of life. John 6, 51, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread also which I give for the life of the world, is my flesh. So compared to the manna, he's real bread. The Jews grumbled about it. They basically said, Moses fed the people for 40 years. You've only fed a group for one day. He fed, Moses fed about two and a half million people. You, you fed 5,000 plus women and children. Jesus said, Jesus is saying, but I'm the real bread. And I just showed you what I do. You should have believed on the basis of my work before you, but you don't. And if you don't believe, you're not going to go to the Father. If you do believe then all your hunger and thirst will be satisfied. The Father in heaven sent. The Father in heaven draws. The Son came down from heaven, and you believe. You believe, but, but look at the snowball that's been going. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit decide before the foundation of the, of the world that, that, that God would save you. The Father loves you before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1.4, just as he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. The son agreed in the covenant of redemption that he would come down as the bread of life, as, as the bread out of heaven, as the living bread to be consumed to be consumed in a certain sense on the cross and to be consumed within you, even within you, to establish an eternal, sweet, loving, living fellowship. This is chapter 6. And so the Holy Spirit isn't spoken of too much here. It, it's not too far after this. As G. Campbell Morgan points out, he, he says, uh, when you get to chapters 13 through 17, which we call the the uh, holy place of Scripture, and then the Holy of Holies. Uh, 16, when he talks with his disciples, Morgan says, at, at, uh, under the shadow of the cross, right before he goes to the cross, he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit. So even though he doesn't say so here, it's the Holy Spirit who, who brings you, who comes in. He, he breaks into you. It's planned before the foundation of the world. The Father sins. It's sealed. The Holy Spirit is going to draw you. 
the, 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 the sun comes down uh, and what happens to you is that the Holy Spirit enters you. He breaks in. He sweeps out your old rock-hard heart of selfishness and pride, and he, and he does this heart transplant. He installs, he inserts, he places in the depth of your being a living, beating, clean heart. He has to do it. And notice what's happening here. God does the planning. God does the coming. God does the drawing. God does the changing or being, bearing you again and giving you the new life, Ezekiel 36, 26, taking the heart of stone out of your flesh and putting in a heart of flesh. And, and yes, you believe. <laughs> but you see the, the snowball that's been rolling all along? You, you see the Trinity has been working on this whole plan for you to be saved so that you can feed on the living bread? You believe. What work do you need to do? No work except to believe. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. If you did the Bible study, uh, you, you know that um, in 37, when it says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will in no wise or in no way, I definitely will not, because there are two negatives there, um, uh, that same two negatives is in 35. Um, it's, it's, it's two words, and if, if uh, uh, the, the words are ooh and may, and one, ooh means no or not, or, uh, or, or in some cases never, and may means no or not, and you put them together. It's sort of like looking for spring to come, and when, when may finally gets here, you go, ooh, may. Well, that's, those are the two words. Uh, and what it means is, no, you definitely will not, because it's no, no. So in verse 35, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me will know. He will not hunger. He in no wise will hunger. And he who believes in me will never, never, ever, ever thirst. And if you, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and he who comes to me I will certainly not cast out, so you are safe. So it's just like the fellow in Pilgrim's Progress, old pilgrim, He's Christian now, and he's on his way to the, uh, the eternal city, and, and, and he has lots of struggles along the way. But he's safe. He's going to get there. Even his good friend, who was killed in Vanity Fair along the way, is safe. He was safe. He was going to get there. He got there sooner than Christian did, but he got there. What is the worst they can do for you here to, to you down here on earth? They can kill you. They can take away this body. They can separate the soul and body. But your soul is safe, and your body is safe, and your body is going to be raised up again from the dead and reunited with your soul forever with the Lord. You don't have anything to worry about. I don't have anything to worry about. Trouble in this world? Sure, we've got trouble. In this. We've got terrible trouble in this world. But he who comes to me... I will not cast out. The world may cast you out. Your family may cast you out. Your business may cast you out. Your culture may cast you out. But he will not, will not, never, no, never cast you out. Come, ye sinners, poor and wretched, 
weak and wounded, sick and sore, Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, joined with power. He is able. He is able. He is willing. Doubt no more. Let not conscience make you linger, nor fitness fondly dream. All the fitness he requires of you is to feel your need of him. In other words, what this passage says, believe in him. This is the plan. You say, I'm unworthy. Yes, that's right. We call that total depravity. You don't bring anything. Your hands are empty. You bring nothing. You can bring nothing. Therefore, there are no conditions. This salvation is unconditional. It's, it's personal. Uh, you can go through and study the alls and the everyone in here. The Trinity plans, the Father loves, Father seals, Son comes, the Holy Spirit enters your life and, and takes you all the way to the end. And this basketball team never drops the ball on the way to the basket. Never. All You will be safe. You are safe in the arms of Jesus. God draws you. If he draws you, it's irresistible. He will enter you. He will change your heart. It's the only way you get a new heart. You can't do it yourself. You can't do the heart surgery. But he does. And it's irresistible. He comes in. And you are safe. He will take you all the way to the end. All that the Father gives me. Everyone. All. Everyone, all that the Father gives me will come to me. The plan will take place. The drawing will take place. And the promise is all the way to the end. Him, He who comes to me, I will certainly not, in no wise cast out. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. All that the Father gives to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. The Trinity is at work in you. God never fails. He will take you all the way home. He will not cast you out. And if you haven't come to him, hear that same truth. Come today. If you come, he will not cast you 